Welcome back to His and Hers Movie Podcast, episode number nine. I am your domestic abuse partner host, JP, and joining me as always, you might think that she is invisible because I talk so much, Carly. We're both podcasting out of southwestern Pennsylvania. How are you doing tonight? I'm all right. That that was clever. That because the movie we're about to talk about really parallels our relationship. Am I right? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. We're not supposed to share that on the air. But anyway, yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, I am doing swell. I actually had a really good day today, so I am doing good. That's good. Very good. Yeah. So this is our episode of The Invisible Man, 2020. The homie Lee Winnell coming yeah. back to the directing chair. So that's pretty cool. We will get to that later. Um, we're going to get into our weeks. We will talk about our watches for the week. Um, a classic review of the original 1930, what? 33. 33 Invisible Man. Yes. Um, and then, of course, get into our featured review of Invisible Man 2020. But first up, as we do around these here parts, how was your week? It wasn't too bad. Uh, unlike the last week where I felt like I had no time to do anything, this week I have been kind of taking it easy and I've been resorting back to my old ways of just going to work, then going home, watching a move, and just kind of chilling out. So it has been nice. I like to just sometimes take a break and not really do much and just be able to you know go home from work and watch movies because i'm super tired after work so it's nice when i don't have anything going on so uh that's pretty much all the excitement i think that i've had really going on so far this week what about you i've had an interesting week um i always can never remember like what had happened and like what last week ended and when it's <laughs> this week started because we record these episodes sometimes different times, but we also record them, you know, in the middle of the week usually. So it's like, uh, I, it's like Wednesday to Wednesday, like what happened, you know, it's easier to think mm-hmm. like Sunday to Saturday, but, uh, so, um, yeah, uh, I'm going to be starting a new job tomorrow, which I'm pretty excited about, uh, mm-hmm. which I actually am currently still at my current job so i actually have a 16 hour shift tomorrow which is pretty insane um but i'm very i'm very happy with this i i, I was super nervous about it and i went and met some people today and i feel good i feel like this is probably the right move for me which is more way better than i felt previously mm-hmm. um so that's exciting uh and also what what else we made a video oh yes we did See, yeah, I keep, I forget everything that I actually do in the time period. But yes, we did make a video, and it is on our new YouTube channel. Am I right? Absolutely. We created a new YouTube channel. Uh, a few things about that. Um, it is called His and Hers for right now. Um, but it will change, I believe. We'll have to put like His and Hers movie podcast or like His and Hers YouTube or something like that. Um, after we get a hundred subscribers, we can make a custom URL. And I think that's when you like do your official channel name thing or whatever. So right now 
Uh, we will have a link into the description of this episode. Um, but this YouTube channel is going to be fun. So the first video that we did is a uh, MRE or Marie <laughs> yeah. taste test. Uh, it's a review. So MREs are meals ready to eat. And like that one guy in the comment section pointed out. Yeah, I'm um, already getting smart with people in the comments. Fair <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, warning, I'm, I'm not like one of those people who reads like a kind of a smart-ass comment and then doesn't say anything. I'm one of those people who comes back at people twisted, so yeah. I'm just I'm just saying. Coming at me twisted. I just dissed the kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, inside joke. Uh, and anyway, so I, I did you, – you might see some weird comments because I posted it in the MRE Reddit. Um, so like we're getting people who, uh, you know, are like MRE fans and not necessarily movie fans. So yeah, they're probably like, what the heck? These guys are so noobs. Yeah. Um, They're probably actually, you probably have like actual people in the military being offended by (laughs) us being, good job, dude. I didn't know you did that. Uh, yeah, that's probably what helped with some of the views because it did way better than I expected for our first video on a channel that had zero subscribers. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but we already, I think, are at like 32 subscribers, 31, somewhere around there. So, wow, pretty cool. Uh, I want to push to 100. Um, maybe we will even give away. Actually, you know what? Uh, we will give away something when we hit 100 subscribers. So, um, please subscribe if you haven't. Um, we really appreciate it. This It won't just be food videos, um, but that's something that we do. It's more of an all-purpose channel. Uh, I want like there will be movie reviews. There will be like out and abouts, like hunting videos where we hunt for movies and stuff like that. Um, maybe even some like movie night stuff. I don't know. You know, we'll we'll like for example the Valentine's Day thing that we tried to do that was a little bit of a fail. Maybe we'll do like an actual video companion piece to stuff like that that we do, like sort of like maybe like vlogs or something like that. Um, the only real, um, setback for me is just the editing time. Mm -hmm. I don't really have a ton of time to edit, but once 22 shots goes on break for the summer, I'll have more time to do stuff, but we want this to be a channel to where you could sort of see into our regular lives too. Um, we do a lot of the fun things that we do is like eat stuff and try different things and like do like food stuff so like we might incorporate some of that food we got at least two more mre videos planned um and possibly even more if they go over well that was a really fun video to shoot i had a good time with it um but there's also other things that i thought about like i have a uh, cookbook um a ramen cookbook that jeremy bought me one time which i thought was funny um maybe we'll try some recipes out of there that would be nice quick easy videos to do i think that if you guys aren't interested in that you know still subscribe for the movie stuff because there will be some movie stuff related on there too um we might um do like you know post theater um brief thoughts you know i don't want to do the exact same content that we're doing on here but you never know we uh we have um we have some conventions coming up i would like to vlog those um, mm-hmm. that would be fun. So, um, you know, you never know what might show up on the YouTube channel, but I'm really excited about it. Uh, it's a nice little companion piece to the podcast. So if you can, we would really appreciate it. Um, if you guys, you know, like and comment and subscribe, like, I know that's a cliche thing to say, but 
Um, as somebody who's done YouTube for almost a decade, I can tell you that whenever my videos have a lot of likes and comments, they do better. It's just facts. It shows up in more random sidebars and stuff like that. And who knows, maybe, maybe the YouTube channel can actually be something one day. That would be cool. But for now, we're just happy with giving you guys some bonus content. I hope that everybody's enjoying these shows. Um, I could say, honestly, this is the funnest and most passionate thing I've had since 22 Shots. Um, so, and I've been part of a lot of different side projects and different, um, short lived podcasts, long lived podcasts. And I can tell you right now that I look forward to, to keeping up on this and, and we've been, you know, relatively weekly. We had that one little flub like last two, two shows ago, but for the most part, it's still, um, we still ended up getting the same amount of episodes out as we should have in the long run. Cause we posted two last week. Um, but yeah, so please, please, please support the show and and honestly like when you guys listen to this like listen listen back and um i actually wanted to sort of debut a new thing um where i want to ask a question to the listeners every episode and um every once in a while uh i'm gonna pick a random comment of on the podcast and i'll send you guys like a, a movie or something um that answered the question of the week so uh, my question this week is, what is your favorite Universal monster movie and why? Um, answer that in the comments below, and uh, I will probably pick somebody to win this week. Um, I have a couple of extra things that I, I um, have doubles of. So um, leave a comment either on the YouTube channel, which, by the way, uh, actually, that this show won't be up on the YouTube channel yet, but... In the future, all of these shows will also be on the YouTube channel too. So, um, if you're like prefer YouTube over like iTunes or whatever, you can do that. Uh, so yeah, but leave a comment on the in the Facebook group under this episode of your favorite Universal monster movie and why. It doesn't have to be super in depth, but if you feel like going in depth, go ahead. Um, but just you know, uh, I like the creature from the Black Lagoon because I think it's the scariest. That will suffice. Um, so yeah, and, uh, anything else on that? Yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, that was all well said. Um, I have actually just today, I got up to episode six uploaded to the channel. So hopefully by the end of the week, I'll be caught up with, um, you know, all the actual podcasts, putting them on YouTube. If you guys prefer to listen on YouTube. So, uh, there is that um much like jp said please subscribe and comment and all that because not only does it help the channel but it motivates us more to you know put out more content so Mm -hmm. i'm excited for it i'm excited to see uh how we grow and what we go on to do on the channel as well because i think we can have a lot of cool fun funny ideas so i agree yeah so um also this week I've discovered something about myself that I probably knew but it came to full fruition this week and that is that I'm an addict oh yeah yep 100% so uh, yesterday um, Jeremy shared with me that Walmart had um, two 4Ks that I was particularly interested in they're both horror movies and they were $8 each uh, and it was Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, and Mayhem, Joe Lynch's Mayhem. And I was like, wow, I want those. So we were all like talking about him and stuff in our chat. And like he 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 always knows like more stuff than me about things um, like this. But he was like, oh, look, it 
which this is just weird when I think about it, but he's like, oh, your store has it. And I'm like, like, okay. So like, that's what, if you guys ever wonder why Jeremy doesn't watch 1985 movies or, um, is, you know, like not watching all the stuff he's supposed to, it's because he's looking at what my Walmart has in its store. And, or what, or what, or theater, local theater is getting because he sends me messages like that all the time. He's yeah. like, wow, the waterfront's getting that too. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know about that, but that's cool. Yeah, so um, he's like, you, you know, these, he sends me a list of the stores that have it. So I was like, oh, sweet. It doesn't look like my store in like where I work has it, but the one that's like closer to my house has it. So let me, let me, first I did check the regular Walmart, like where I work, because I was like, Hey, maybe they do have it. I checked. They did have a spot for it, but it wasn't put up. So I was like, you know what? I got off at 11 o'clock last night and I'm like, you know what? And I shouldn't even be spending money right now, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to drive, uh, like 30 minutes away and I'm going to go to the other Walmart and it says that it has it and I'll go pick it up there. So, uh, I went there and well, they had it but they didn't have it so um they had the yellow tag like the spot for it um but it wasn't there and there was nothing there like there was it was like so unstocked and i was like talking to the lady back there i was like you guys a little bit short staffed and she's like yes very and i was like yeah it's pretty bare over there and she's like we're doing a complete rechain she's like we do that like every like six months or so and I was like, yeah, I noticed sometimes, like every week they get new titles, but every once in a while they do like a complete overhaul in, in the Walmart movie section. And whenever they do that, it's like a pain because it takes them like two weeks to like get everything stocked up. And it's, it's really annoying. Uh, other Walmarts aren't like that. They, they do it way faster, but these guys slack heavy with these overhauls. Like it just takes forever for the new sections to come out. Mm-hmm. And, but I always get excited cause that's where the most like cool stuff like that's whenever the like oh cool they have this and this and you know they didn't have this stuff so that that's really exciting so i was like well is there any chance that like you got because it says on this app here that you guys have this but you know i'm here and i don't see it and she's like yeah i'm not going back in the back to find it and i was like yeah that's fine i understand it's like you know 1 a.m um, and if you're wondering why it's 1am is because I got stuck talking to my friend after work and, uh, was, you know, BSing with him. So by the time I got to this Walmart, it was like 1am already. And I'm like, man, this, this is, I can't believe I drove all this way. And then on my way home, I was like, there is another Walmart that's like 40 minutes away. I was like, if I go now, but I'll get back at around 3am. And I was like, you know what, dude, that's just ridiculous. I was like, no, you're not doing that. (laughs) And I was like, I made myself go home, but I kept thinking about it all night. And I was like, well, in the morning, I have to go towards that way anyway for this new job. I'll check that Walmart when I get there. So I go to this Walmart and they don't have it either. It's the same situation, but this one's a little bit more stocked. So I was like, well, at least we're making progress. So I went there. I was like, there's nothing here. Um, there happened to be a Dollar Tree that I've never been at. And I was like, hey, maybe I'll stop there and see if they have any moves. And I did. And they didn't. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that was a waste of time. And then I was like, all right, let me drive back home, um, which is like a 40-minute drive back home. Drove back home. Uh, when I get home, I was like, well, that woman told me yesterday that the guy should stock 
start stalking again at 1 p.m. It is now like 6 p.m. That would have gave him a solid five hours to stalk. And before mm-hmm. I even finished that thought, I was like, I'm gunning it. And I went and I went another. So I drove 40 minutes back and then another like 20 minutes to where I was going uh, to the other Walmart. I get there and they have it. So they had both of them and I bought both of them. And then as I was walking out, I seen this Bigfoot movie that was only like $3 and 70 some cents. And I was like, Hey, I like Bigfoot movies. Let me grab this too. And then on the way out, I saw this ice cube t-shirt and I was like, Oh, I need this, but I can't need it now. So I didn't get it, but I did buy a Jaws t-shirt last night at the first Walmart I went to when I came up empty. So at least I got something. And long story short, I spend a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I, I'm i not at all to that point of crazy yet. I mean, I just, I do not I care do, to I'm buy stuff brand joking. new. When mm-hmm. he was sending me that, there was like, oh, he got his, and I was like, I literally, my adrenaline started going, and I was like, oh, dude, what? I can't wait till I get off. Like, I want to go see if this store has it. And I was like, I just wanted them really bad. And I'm not even going to, I probably won't even watch them. Like, from, yeah, ex- <laughs> like sometimes I'll buy stuff and not watch it for years, but I'll probably, I've actually been going deep through my 4Ks because I'm trying to like keep up on watching stuff. So I've actually been like heavily um, watching my 4Ks. Um, like I watched, I think like three in the past, like two nights. So um, I probably will get to those, but it's just funny. Like I, my adrenaline was going, like I was just like, yeah, I can't wait to go. And like when I finally got him, I was like super happy. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that feeling of adrenaline and almost convincing myself after driving like an hour that like, and it was like 2 AM that I was possibly going to go to a third Walmart at 2 AM and get back at three. That's when I was like, dude, you have a problem. Especially cause it's for a movie like puppet master 20. And actually not. just so you know, that movie is awesome. Like every, it's the best puppet master they've ever made. It's nothing but gore and craziness, and it wasn't made by the people who made any of the other puppet masters. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it's, it to be fair, but it's like a soft reboot. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's that, but it, honestly, it is one of the funnest. Like, it was one of the funnest movies like two years ago when it came out. It, it was, it was, it's all gore. It's just all gore and fun. Um, and it's on 4k. I was like, that's pretty cool. So I was, you know, I, I, that aside puppet master, the littlest Reich is cool, but you know, to be fair, I actually own it already. Right. (laughs) Which I didn't, I didn't, uh, let you guys in on that information, but yeah, I actually own puppet master, the littlest Reich on DVD, (laughs) but you know, I was like, I was more, I just wanted the 4k and mayhem, you know, honestly, I like that movie too. Um, which is Joe Lynch's film. So I'm actually very happy that I picked those up. But again, you know, I just have a serious collecting problem. And my whole point is to like stop buying so much and start watching more, which I have been kind of on a roll lately watching things. But at the same time, I'm still pulling in like just as much as I watch, which is just insane. I'm never going to get this problem fixed. Yeah, I mean, I kind of have that issue a little bit where I keep buying more stuff, but at this point, I refuse to buy anything else. I mean, my birthday's coming up. I know people will probably give me movies for that, but that's fine. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't have 
that issue quite yet. I don't like buying movies brand new because I don't like spending a lot of money on my movies. I'm still in that phase of collecting where I'm good with going to the thrift stores and the used DVD stores and buying stuff there. I will say I have become kind of, as you say, a Blu-ray snob where I do get bummed out if I have something on DVD. I'd rather have it. I'd rather find it on Blu-ray. So, like, I do kind of, I am starting to, you know, veer up with that and become more of a Blu-ray collector than a DVD collector. Blu-ray and VHS, I prefer collecting both of those over the middle section, which would be mm. DVD. So, uh, there's that. But, um, yeah, yeah like... 4K, obviously, I don't really care about 4K at all <laughs> at this point because I, I don't have a 4K TV. I just bought my TV, like, two years ago, three years ago. So, I don't have any interest quite yet with that to begin with so not quite there not quite there but i uh, love 4k like i'm not as high on it as jeremy but i just love mm -hmm. getting them and like my my i was actually thinking about doing a video like my 4k collection um because i don't know if i'll ever get back to that dvd <laughs> Blu-ray collection video series i've done they're like all out of order now and it's just a pain but um, once maybe once I get my collection completely situated, I will go back and do that again. But um, yeah, I've been I've been looking at my 4Ks and I, I probably have almost 30 now, which is crazy because I at one time I had Halloween and like Evil Dead. Um, so yeah, it, it's really cool. And I, I was thinking about picking up American Psycho, which is on 4K because we got that as a Patreon pick. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and then. Like, here's another thing. Like, I got a Patreon pick from Dave, uh, Mr. Parka, and he's like, it's a 1985 move. And he's like, hey, I think you'll like this one from 85. Definitely check it out. I I'm giving it to you as a Patreon pick. And I was like, hmm, this movie isn't streaming anywhere, but the DVD is $11 and it's an Intervision. I guess I'll buy it. So I bought it. What is it? Um, it's called Murder Lust. Oh, I It came don't... in the mail today. I don't know about that one. So. Yeah, so I will check that one out, and that should be fun. Uh, which I got to start watching these Patreon picks. I have like fifteen Patreon picks, not oh. to mention all the like featured reviews we have. So I got to get rolling on that. But that's basically my week and your week. Mm -hmm. That's our weeks. Yeah. So you want to get into what we have watched? Yeah. In the time we've been gone. Go ahead. Start us right. off. Alright, so let me see. What have I even watched? Uh, Alright, so uh, to start off, um, to continue along with my little YouTube series that I do, I watched Cold Prey, that was next up in my collection, and, um, you know, Cold Prey, that's basically a slasher that came out, I think that's from uh, 2006, I believe, um... And um, it is subtitled, I forget exactly where it's from, but it's basically about a bunch of kids who go up mm, for a... I want to say... Norwegian? Norwegian. That's what I was on. I was thinking that, but I'm not sure. I'll look it up while you're talking. I think it is Nor. I actually already did like the YouTube video for it, and I'm pretty sure I looked on the back and it was Norwegian, but I always feel dumb if I say the wrong time place, but... Um, so yeah, you know, subtitled movie, um, slasher film, uh, about some kids yeah, who it go is up from Norway. Oh, okay, cool. Pretty cool. Um, but they're going skiing and, um, one of the kids ends up getting hurt, which these are like, these look like they're like 20 year olds. It says on the back, they're supposed to be teenagers, but you know, it's one of those things where they look older than that. But I just um, spent all week watching the scream film, so <laughs> I'm well aware of that. Yeah. 
Um, that's not a big deal, though, uh, especially for this movie. Obviously, it doesn't take place in high school. But, um, yeah, so one of them ends up getting hurt, and uh, they seek refuge in this abandoned uh, ski resort, and they're all kind of just hanging out and, you know, having a fun time for a little bit. And then they begin to realize that they don't think they're alone there and they might be in danger. And, yeah, things kind of escalate from there. Uh, I dig this movie. It's, uh, you know, that snowy, isolated setting that I really, really enjoy. It's become one of my favorite uh, settings. Um, I feel like there are some moments where it's a little bit slow and there's not, like, a whole lot of uh, action or anything like that. It's a lot of just kind of the uh, kids sort of hanging out and talking and dialogue and stuff like that. But once you do get into things, um, there are some pretty good bloody moments the look of the actual killer is really intimidating and creepy uh just the way he's all dressed up in his snow gear and uh it's just he has like this sort of uh covering on his face and it's really really creepy he's a really big dude so you feel like it's believable that it would be hard to get away from him and in the situation they're in they're kind of screwed uh it it would be really hard to you know get away kind of like in the lodge or the thing or movies like that where you're just kind of trapped or you know the shining where you're kind of in this isolated area in the middle of nowhere and it's you know you can't really escape readily so um overall i like cold prey the characters are pretty like boy in it as well so uh that's a fun um slasher movie from you know the mid to late 2000s um never seen the sequel though and then after that, I actually watched uh, the Child's Play remake, reboot, whatever you want to call it. Um, rewatched that. I got that on Blu-ray for Christmas, and um, I've been wanting to rewatch it really bad, actually. And I thought, you know, I just watched it last year. I don't really rewatch things a whole lot after I just watched them not even a full year ago. But I figured, what the heck? threw it in i was worried that it wasn't going to have the same you know impact where i thought it was as enjoyable but i actually came out kind of liking it even more it's a very fun film uh the comedic moments all worked just as well as they did when i saw it in the theater um the characters are all very likable and fun it's just a very fun fun movie that separates itself from the original and i can almost say i do like this one a tad bit better than the original i think at this point um it's just it's just a fun time if you want to, you know, where the original kind of plays a little more serious. This one's more fun, even though it does have, you know, some brutal killings and bloody moments and stuff like that. But it's just a uh, fun film. Uh, I like it. It's got a lot of rewatchability, so I had fun with that. Um, then after that, I checked out this movie on Tubi, actually, and uh, it was an 85 move. And it's called Transylvania 65000. Dude, I totally forgot. I watched that this week, too. It's not even on my letterbox. Really? Yeah, totally forgot to mark it. You, I was going to ask if you even knew about this one or not. Cause I, yeah, I was Actually, just not only do I know about it, I've seen it before and I've owned it for... It was one of the first like box sets I bought. It was an old Anchor Bay box set, original Anchor, Anchor Bay. It was called um, like the, the Campy Classics. And it had Sleepaway Camp in it, which was the main reason I bought it. Uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Transylvania 65000, Return of the Killer Tomatoes, um, Return to Horror High, and one other title that I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, But yeah, it was like such a weird, um, bizarre box set. Anchor Bay actually did four of those box sets. Um, I think they're actually limited and numbered. 
Um, but there was like another one like, um, you know, possession or like, uh, there was like a zombie one. There was one with like creature features. Um, but yeah, it, so yeah, I've seen it before, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, I, that's cool. I didn't know. Cause I really honestly didn't even know about this movie. Um, and it, it actually stars Jeff Goldblum and, um, what's his name? Jeffrey Jones, who is best known for being the principal in Ferris Bueller's day off who mm-hmm. for some reason I, if i remember he looks exactly like, the same <laughs> it, it, did ferris bueller come out in 85 <laughs> it came out in 86 actually a year okay, later so yeah he yeah. looks exactly the same <laughs> yeah no difference at all um if i remembered like as, as much as i remember about random actors and movies like if i could remember that stuff for school and academics i would be a genius and i would you know be a millionaire by now but unfortunately your life doesn't work that way because for some reason i always remembered that that jeffrey jones is actually a registered sex offender because he like solicited teenage pics yeah it's gross like way back in the day and um yeah just a random fact there Uh, it's i I, watching this i was like huh i remember this about him because you know i just look up random actors and it always sticks with me but he looks like he would be honestly creepy guy like that but anyway to the movie um yeah this film is essentially about these two uh tabloid reporter dudes who are sent to transylvania to try to get a scoop on frankenstein an actual frankenstein monster that they believe is uh living in this transylvania area um you know they go there and they're pretty much laughed at every time they kind of tell people what they're assignment is to essentially find a real the real frankenstein's monster um because you know obviously that's just a story as most people know but um they soon find that like there's something a little bit odd about transylvania and um yeah they start to uncover some weird aspects um yeah, this movie was all right. Um, it, it's more comedy. It's a comedy horror film, and um, it plays off as a little bit more comedy, I would say, than horror. But um, by the end, it, it gets kind of interesting because you get, uh, you know, it kind of ties into a bunch of the classic Universal monsters, which you know, that kind of ties into what we are talking about here. And um, yeah, it was a it was a fun movie. Um, I didn't love it. Um, I thought it was a little too quirky for me. I really. The comedic elements just didn't work for me too much. I don't know. I don't think I really have a sense of humor or something like that. But um, and I'm starting to understand what moods means. I used to think Jeff Goldblum was pretty attractive, but I kind of see what he <laughs> says, like how he's always like he just has a punchable face. It's weird. Like I think he's a good-looking guy, but at the same time, I do understand where he's got that arrogance to him. He even has a few arrogance lines in this movie. It seems like he's always playing sort of the uh, arrogant character. So. Um, yeah, very punchable face, but overall, it's more of a fun movie, not super, played super serious or anything like that, and it actually had this song, Transylvania 65000 song that kept getting stuck in my head afterwards, so uh, it was an interesting one for sure. Um, then after that, um, I watched, tried to watch The Howling 2, um, and if I, I could be completely honest, I barely paid any attention to it. Um, it's one I have to rewatch because I was trying to multitask and do stuff on my laptop at the same time and that never works out for me but um from what i see i don't really know if i would like that movie anyway do you like that movie Uh uh-oh no (laughs) not not really um sybil danning has a decent nude scene and 
that's about it for me. I, I never really cared for it, even when we did the show. I think that I gave it more praise just because I hated all the other ones so much. Mm-hmm. That's actually the height of the sequels. Yeah, that's pretty, and it, you know, it's got nothing really to do with the first one, which I hear pretty much every Howling movie has nothing to do with the previous ones. So, um, yeah, I wasn't really. I just couldn't get into it from the start, so I was kind of doomed. Um, I don't even know if I will rewatch it, if I'm being completely honest, because I doubt it's, you know, that's another 85 movie. I really doubt that would make my list. I'm pretty 100% sure it wouldn't, but mm-hmm. just another one for the numbers. Um, then after that, another 85 movie that I rewatched for, um, not the third, like the second and a half time, because I watched it once, and then I think you said that Joe Bob actually covered it, so I ended up stopping it halfway through and watching it with Joe Bob and then I rewatched it again by itself on uh, Tubi because it's no longer on Shutter, and that is the stuff um, mm-hmm. this one I didn't care for as much as I was hoping to I thought it would be more fun but it's you know got a lot of common social commentary and things like that about the media and uh, you know just sort of that mind control aspects to it going on that um, I just thought it was going to be played more of a fun movie I always thought it was going to be very similar to the blob or something like that but it's not but at the same time it's a good movie um, I did enjoy it um, I don't think I enjoy it as much as the next guy but um, originally I was at a 6 out of 10 when I first watched it um, you know a few months ago but I bumped it up to a 7 out of 10 because I do think it's a pretty good film. I just get a little bit bored by the ending, the, probably, I guess, the final half of it. But overall, it's a solid movie. I see what it's trying to do, and it does have its cool moments with the actual stuff and just the effects. I love those sort of, uh, uh, you know, just effects with, like, gooey substances and, like, weird things like that, if that makes any sense. But... Yeah, and uh, that is all I have watched. I also watched Hollow Man, but I will get into that a bit later. So, what have you watched? All right, I've also watched a lot of stuff. That was a lot of stuff for me, by the way. I know. <laughs> um, so, uh, I finished off the Scream films because we did um, do them on 22 Shots. Uh, by the time you hear this, that episode will be out too. Um, but it is available on Patreon right now, as if people listening can hear me right now, um, as in when I'm saying it. Uh, but yeah, Scream 3, uh, surprised me. I'll, I'll kind of, I, I don't want to get into it too much, you know what I mean? But yeah, su- surprised me whether that means good or bad. Uh, Scream 4, um, I've always loved and I love even more probably now. So yeah, that was fun. Um, and then I watched Scream the Inside Story, which was one of the documentaries that came in the Scream box set that I have. Um, this one was like the one that was, I think done it was like the one done by the elm street people i think it you know what the both of the scream documentaries were a bit disappointing to me because they so heavily focus on part one and i mm. already knew so much of that information but there, there was some interesting stuff that i didn't know it, it honestly is kind of an interesting story how scream came about and you know how it was in production and stuff like that um so yeah that was good Sc- scream three to go back to that for a second the biggest takeaway i had from that was how eerie um, the whole Marine Prescott being abused in Hollywood and um, the whole, like, you know, Me Too angle of the film way before the Me Too movement and the fact that that film was produced by Harvey Weinstein um, and the fact that, you know, Harvey Weinstein is one of the people who was named uh, most in the Me Too thing and actually was just convicted 
um, of his sex crimes. So, you know, Mm -hmm. that's good. Um, but very eerie. And I was wondering if like Craven or Williamson or both were actually trying to say something without saying something, or it was just going off of, you know, the commentary of like the stigma of Hollywood without being too specific. Um, but yeah, that was, that was interesting watching Scream 3. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, uh, after the Scream the Inside story, uh, I popped in the 4k of Color Out of Space. Um, this movie was one of the movies I was pretty hyped for, um, in the year. It's a Spectre Vision film starring Nicolas Cage, uh, which I am a fan of. And, uh, it's based on a Lovecraft story, uh, directed by Richard Stanley. Um, kind of an interesting, cool movie. Uh, I'll be honest, it didn't impress me like I thought it was going to when I read the synopsis and stuff. Um, I was expecting, like, more of a long version of Stephen King's, uh, creep show story, um, the strange thing that happened to Jordy Verrill. Um, but it kind of, it actually had a little similarities to that, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that which it, I don't know for whatever in my head I just thought of it that with pink stuff but there's some really cool scenes in it where the you know pink meteorite stuff starts like spreading and, and things like that um, uh, I actually just got it as a Patreon pick for um, a future show so I'll probably have to watch it again because it won't be fresh in my head um, but yeah so I don't want to say too much on that um, but I gave it like a 7 like a 7 um, and then I finally finished off the Amityville films, uh, that came in the Vinegar Syndrome box set and I watched Amityville Dollhouse. And, uh, honestly, I think that one might be the best one out of the sequels. Really? I yeah. still have not watched, that's the one I have not watched it. Um, it's fun. You know, this one has to do with a haunted dollhouse. It's funny how they're all like cursed items things. And <laughs> actually, you know what? It's the part of like the land too. Um, but yeah, I've seen this one before and I, I liked it. Um, it's from 96. I watched it for the 96 show that we did way back in the day. Uh, and there's some, there's some weird, creepy stuff. Like there's this kid's like dead father. Um, it's basically, it's so nineties because it's, um, a woman and her, uh, son marries a guy and his son. And then there's a daughter, um, that I can't remember whose she belongs to, but, um, the, the youngest son, he is seeing visions of his dead father. Who's basically saying like, Hey, this new father sucks, you know? And, but he's like real creepy and like, you know, scary. Um, and then there's like this whole, like, um, you know, this incestuous angle, which is pretty fun, you know? Uh, so, uh, it's, you know, they touch on that a little bit. There's some decent effects. Uh, it's honestly just fun. I, I, I gave this one like a seven or a 6.5 or a seven as well. It's, um, I like all, I like all of those Amityville sequels that came in that box set. Um, new generation is definitely the weakest, but, um, the evil escapes, uh, it's about time and dollhouse all very solid for me. Um, so I really like that box set. Uh, then I watched, which I didn't even mark here, um, but I did watch it, Transylvania 65000, um, which is a coincidence. To, and I, I didn't even post that I was watching it, like how I've been on Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah. I totally forgot about it. I would have probably never remembered it had you not mentioned it. Um, but yeah, uh, I actually don't like Transylvania 65000 very much at all. Even in, when I was going through that box set back in the day, I thought it was the weakest film in there. Um, it's just boring. Uh, it's 
like the the humor is way too campy for me. It's just mm-hmm. super silly. Um, the only thing that I like is the end where they're explaining away all of like bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I like that part. That that was funny. Um, but it's just, it's just, it's it almost it's like slapsticky funny, like just almost. I don't know the humor, but it's just not my favorite. Kind it reminds of me of like the Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein, but like for the eighties yeah. or something like that, yeah, that which, type of humor. Yeah, exa- it does. It honestly does. It does remind me of that. And I don't, I, I do like those movies, but I think mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm a huge fan of the three stooges. Like I grew up watching the three stooges. I love them. I don't think you can do that humor in today's time. It just doesn't feel right. But back then it kicked ass. So Transylvania mm-hmm. six five thousand. I think I'm at like a five, five and a half, something like that. I, I don't really care for it at all. Um, uh, then I watched. I was feeling the mood. I was I was feeling the mood since I watched um, the trailer for Candyman, which I, I I probably shouldn't have done, but it honestly hyped me up so much. I was like, dude, this movie looks awesome. Jordan Peele uh, produced and written Candyman. I'm super hype on that. That's definitely the film I'm looking forward to the most this year. Uh, but I was in, I was in the Candyman mood. I just wanted to watch some Candyman, but I had recently watched the Scream Factory Candyman. And although I could watch it again, because Candyman is a classic and I do love it. I was like, you know what? I haven't saw Candyman 2 in such a long time. So I went ahead and popped Candyman 2 in and Honestly, man, Candyman 2 impressed me. I, I was like, wow, this this movie actually is not a bad follow-up to Candyman. Um, it's set in New Orleans. That's like a great setting for it. It gets into the backstory of Candyman. I, the opening is actually like such a good scene. It's actually, you know, it, in terms of Candyman, it's right up there with the original. Uh, the opening scene where the writer is telling the story of Candyman. And I just like the the atmosphere that it sets up and... You know, there's some there's some questionable stuff in it too, but overall, I think that it's a pretty solid sequel. Um, and that was actually a title that I had unwatched as well. Um, so to just to recap that a little bit, because I wasn't doing it, but um, Scream Three and Four, uh, Scream Three was part of that box set that I had, so um, you know I, I hadn't watched those. Scream Four was sealed still; it was still still sealed from whenever I bought it, um, and then the uh inside story was also part of that box set so that's another title eliminated from my watch stack even though it took you know four films in there to watch plus scream 4 was its own title uh color out of space was a 4k that i um just bought it just came out last week and i bought that and i watched it so if i buy new stuff i'm trying to watch it and then i won't count it as need to watch two things if i watch it um, so, uh, then Amityville Dollhouse that finished off the box set. So that's another un- uh, unopened thing that I watched. Uh, Candyman Farewell to the Flesh also sealed Scream Factory that I had, um, from when it came out. So, uh, Candyman 2, um, man, I'm like, like a seven and a half on that one. That, that movie, have you seen it? Um, yeah, actually I watched it, um, a few years ago. I have it on VHS, um, as well as the first one and, I remember it not being too bad, actually, because I had heard how horrible part two and three are. I haven't seen part three, but I've he- I'd heard like how weak they are compared to the first. To me, I remember part two feeling like just sort of like the lesser version of the first one. Like it reminded me a lot of the first one, just not as good. But I remember I still had fun with it. I can't really tell you many details about it because it's been a while. But um, I didn't think it was as bad as a lot of people make it out to be. So 
I don't no, know what I rated it. It's definitely not bad at all. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, I, I never rated it bad either. Like when we covered it way, like in the first 20 episodes of 22 Shots, um, we covered the Candyman trilogy, and I gave it a favorable review then, and I think I gave it like a six and a half or something, but. Um, I like it even more now, and I respect it a little bit more. I think on rewatch, you're not expecting it to be as good as like the first one, and you're okay, and you've seen it before, so you know. So you start appreciating some of the stuff you might have overlooked the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I had seen this movie growing up too. It's definitely not my only my second time watching. I've probably seen it, you know, a half dozen times growing up. It used to air on the Sci-Fi Channel all the time, but yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a good good little sequel there and candy you're right Candyman three um what you heard about it sucking it's true it does suck <laughs> um but i plan on rewatching it before we see the new one but i'll probably just wait until it you know is closer to that uh just just for the fun because i haven't seen that i've only seen that twice and i was thinking, I, I thought you did rewatch years. it for some reason nope. already Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, that was sealed. Another one down. Uh, then I watched Alien, the 4K. Uh, that was sealed too. So I was like, okay, I'd knock another one of these 4Ks out. Uh, knock another title off the shelf out. Um, and yeah, it's Alien, dude. It's one of the best horror films of all time. Uh, I think I've appreciated it more and more and more and more every time I watch it. Uh, I always liked it. Um, actually, that's not true. I didn't really, I thought it was just okay. Like, it was like Jaws. Like, I th- thought it was okay, but I never saw what the big hype was about. And then the more I watched it, I liked it more and more and more and more. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a phenomenal movie. I just love the atmosphere of it. Um, it's creepy. Uh, it's like a horror film. It's not, it's, it, it honestly doesn't even feel that sci fi to me, other than they're in the spaceship. Like, it just feels like pure horror to me. Um, it's such a good companion piece to the thing. Uh, so I watched that, the 4k of that, you know, stunning. Um, and then I was still feeling the 4k. So I popped in the wizard of Oz, um, 4k and that movie's from 19, like 39. Um, Mm -hmm. and I watched that in 4k and it's actually been quite a while since I watched it. Um, but I, it's so funny cause like I had watched it so much growing up. Me and my cousin used to pop it in and watch it on VH. I in fact still own the original VHS that he owned when he was a kid. And I know because one time we were going to watch it at like six years old or something and he dropped it and his house didn't have carpeting. And it was like, it was like in the, um, it was like public housing and they usually, usually don't have carpet. Uh, it's mm. usually like linoleum or tile. And it cracked, it broke the tape and cracked it. And my uncle put a lot, like taped it back together with black electrical tape and the black electrical tape still on it. Um, yeah. So we, we would watch that thing all the time and it was fun. It was, uh, it was a good memory, like go down memory lane. Um, it's, it's pretty cool movie. It's definitely like kind of trippy too. Like it's just a weird movie. It's like a stage play, but a film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had a lot of fun with it. It, it, it was, it was good to revisit. So after that, um, I think I got on Disney plus and I decided to watch return to Oz, which is the sequel starring Feruza Balk, um, from 1985. I watched it because it's a 1985 move. Um, and yeah, that movie is definitely way different from the first one, but it, you know, like everybody says, it's more in line with the books. Um, and from the research I did, it's like 
definitely more adapted from the books and it's kind of like a sequel in name kind of only but still kind of has some continuity um you know the Faruza Balk is definitely like younger than uh you know the character Judy Garland was playing um or at least you know visually um and it's uh I like the the Jack Pumpkin King dude um he's cool um I didn't really care for the like robot like tin thing <laughs> and uh the scarecrow's cool um but very different uh it's just it, it's like nightmare fuel though that's what's cool about it it just has like this nightmare fuel thing going on um but i over i didn't love it like some people do i just thought it was n- neat um so i had i had seen parts of it before but i i never i was like never invested in it um and then i the last thing i watched and i need to finish the last little bit of it because it was like 7 a.m. this morning when I was still watching it uh, on Tubi. It's a Patreon pick and it's Wicked City, which is a horror anime. Um, and I will say this, like I'll have to do a full review of it on 22 shots, but um, man, the opening to this thing kicks ass. Like I just love the animation, just like the city setting. And then this weird stuff happens like with this like woman, um, like almost like a succubus thing or something. And that's really creepy and weird. So, um, yeah, so that's all that I watched. Um, remind me to add, uh, Transylvania six, 5,000 to my lists. Um, Will do. but yeah, that's, that's quite a lengthy what we watched. Yeah. You are killing it with the watches. Mm-hmm. All right. But so, uh, the other thing we watched was the invisible man 1933 do you say yes yeah 1933 um this one we caught a screening of it at our local movie theater um and i was pretty excited for that because uh we I, at least it's my favorite universal monster film mm-hmm. it's one of mine i think it's one of the best for sure so what's the movie about well, on IMDb, the description's kind of funny. It says, A scientist finds a way of becoming invisible, but in doing so, he becomes murderously insane. Yeah, so um, it's essentially about this scientist who uh, has concocted this potion of sorts, and um, it opens up with him going into this, what do you even call it? It's like a bed and breakfast type of deal, on, like inn of sorts. Yeah, it's like it's just an inn. It, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, back then... Um, these like pubs were, um, it was like a pub slash like all inns had like, you know, bar esque stuff. Everybody drank back then. So, (laughs) right. But, uh, yeah, so he goes, you know, he arrives there. He's all, um, suited up, uh, from head to toe, um, wearing sunglasses, has like bandages on his face, a hat, uh, coat so you can't really wearing gloves too so you don't really uh get a look at him but he comes in asks for a room and i believe they're like not in season but he kind of is overly demanding and uh they give him a room and he's basically there to try to figure out a potion to help i guess reverse uh what he has done and just focus on his work but um while he's there he he's just kind of you can tell he's kind of losing more and more of his sanity. He's 
kind of being mean to everybody there and uh you know things kind of escalate from there um there's also like this you know love interest who uh is you know wondering where he went and trying to find him and help him out and uh it's kind of just his descent into madness and uh that's the best way i guess i can describe it ish yeah, so I think that what I love most about this movie is, like, I actually fi- find, like, the maniacal uh, way that the Invisible Man is, played by, I believe, Claude Rains, right? Yes. Um, I find him to be, like, incredibly unnerving. Like, to me, um, this is actually only the third time I've ever seen this movie, and... For me, the first time I seen it, I didn't really pick up on a lot of the comedy, which is funny because there actually is like quite a bit of comedy in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just found everything that was happening so like terrifying, like the way that he's just like going mad. Like this is a good version of mad, right? We always hear like mad as a hatter and stuff like that, like like the old classic gone mad type thing. Um, I think this is a good this depiction of that. And like whenever he's like got the, um, you know, slacks on and he's like walking, like running down the road, like skipping, like singing uh, nursery rhyme or something like it's just scary to me. I'm like, wow, imagine seeing that, you know, because it's scary because it's like it's like this kid's sounding nursery rhyme and it's like this pair of pants coming at you and you could hear this voice. And you're like, what in the hell is going on? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just kind of scary. And then, um, like, how he gets all mad and, you know, he's just, like, he's, like, messing with people a little bit. And he's just, like, he just seems like he's getting more and more evil, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I'll, I, this is probably the third time I have seen it as well, actually. Um, and... You know, the comedy aspects, I feel like I definitely picked up more on just seeing in the, in the theater with all of those people because... They laugh. Lo- yes. <laughs> um, that really highlighted them. Um, I always knew it was comedic a little bit, but uh, watching it in the theater, everyone kind of took away any horror elements that there were, which is fine. You know, everyone's a super fan of the movie, and that's cool to see. It was a cool audience to watch with because you could tell everyone really enjoyed it, but... Um, yeah, I, I think it's really good. I think uh, he plays the character super well. Just the way he talks is really menacing and scary. And, you know, he just arrives at this uh, pub and he's in this room and the lady, the wife of the owner or whatever, she keeps trying to go up and give him food and take his coat. And he's just so, like, standoffish and terrifying. And you're like, where'd this guy even come from? He's kind of just here invading everyone and being a nuisance so um you know it is scary he plays it really well and when you see him for the first time invisible you know there's the part where he kind of unravels the scar from his face and the lady comes up and he quickly covers up um it's done really well and all the oh dude 1933 these effects are insane they still look good Mm -hmm. today yeah, for sure. Like, you would think they would be dated at this point, but they're actually, they've held up perfectly. He, the way they did that is just phenomenal. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's got its 
funny moments, but then towards the end, he kind of, when he really starts just going crazy and tearing the town apart and essentially killing people, um, it's very dark. Uh, you know, there's a part where he <laughs> derails a train and, um, you know, sets a car down a hill and, you know, catches on fire and it's just, um, goes really dark really quickly. So, um, I think out of all the Universal Monster movies, this one has probably the most solid storyline to it and it's probably done the best out of all of them and keeps you the most invested so um i i really enjoy it it has become one of my favorites at this point yeah i think this and um then probably like one of the frankensteins and then creature from the black lagoon are my three favorite mm-hmm. yeah i um i don't know i really like dracula even though it's the most boring and obviously it's <laughs> the first one that was a I really like it, even though it's the most boring. But, you know, it's the first one to come out. I just always felt like that one had the creepiest atmosphere and felt the most horror out of all of them. Because I feel like they're all, all the Universal Monster movies, they're not necessarily straight horror, necessarily. They're not, they're the type of movies that you could show a little kid. And, you well, know, it's that's good. just because time has passed, but the, yeah. most of them were, you know, straight up horror. I mean, I guess, but, like... I don't know. Like this one, for example, has comedy just, elements. And I think all the invisible. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, those those aren't even universal horror movies. Those are, you know, those Invisible Man sequels are just more like spy thrillers and stuff. Yeah. But True. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I love the Invisible Man. Uh, I give it a nine out of ten. Yeah. Um. I really enjoy it as well. Um. I believe. What did I give it? Oh, I gave it. 8 out of 10, which I used to be at like a 7, 7.5, so I bumped it up to an 8 out of 10. Alright. And uh, you actually decided to last minute squeeze in one more um, Invisible Man-esque film, and this was not a universal one. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I went ahead and watched Hollow Man. I had, you know, kind of dropped the ball a little bit, and I thought I wasn't going to have the chance to watch it. Um, To be completely honest, I didn't really want to watch it. I don't know something about it, just kind of... I peer pressured you. Yes, I was completely forced to do this. He's like, well, I got a, you know, show to watch at eight, so that gives you exactly two hours to get this movie in, and, you know, I just felt felt like I had to and I honestly I wanted to because I was disappointed with myself I did want to get this one in just because it's you know a good comparison piece middle piece for what we're talking about tonight so um yeah Hollow Man from the year 2000 uh you know of course starring Kevin Bacon and Elizabeth Shue um this movie is essentially about this team of scientists who are working on an experiment um, with invisibility, essentially. And, um, you know, they're doing the basic stuff that scientists do where they're testing it out on animals and such. And uh, it is working. And it, it reminds me kind of like the fly type of aspect in a way with, you know, just testing this stuff on animals and then eventually testing it on yourself. But... So they they have it working and they have to kind of present it to uh, their boss, I guess, or the, uh, I forget what they're, it's not really the boss, but it's like the big people or whatever, I forget who it is exactly, but, um, you know, the big boys, they, they have to present it soon, they, they've been kind of dilly-dallying and been given all this time, but uh, when they go to present their work, Kevin Bacon's character uh, lies to them and says they're not quite 
done with it yet. And all the other people are like, what the heck? And he's like, you know, if we tell them this idea, then they're just going to run with it and forget about us. And he says, why don't we just move on to phase three ourselves? Which means the final thing is they want to essentially make humans invisible. And Kevin Bacon offers to try it out on himself. Um, He eagerly wants to do it. And, um, you know, his team kind of reluctantly says okay sure we'll we'll do it and um try it out on him it works he goes invisible it's a very painful process but he does turn invisible and um he's like that for a day or so he's having his fun and then they go to try to turn him back but it doesn't work it almost kills him so uh he's kind of stuck like that until they are able to come up with a solution um So they make this sort of plaster mask for him and gloves to wear so they can see where he's at at all times while he's in this facility and while they work on a cure. But um, in the meantime, he uh, slowly begins to unravel and kind of uh, slip into his own insanity. He keeps leaving the uh, facility without you know, their consent and going off and doing all this crazy stuff. And it gets, just gets, uh, worse and worse from there. Um, he's already, you know, you kind of learn early on, he's sort of this arrogance type of guy and he thinks he's just the best and he's mm-hmm. sort of in he charge. Had, he had a past relationship with, uh, the lead mm-hmm. female too, right? Yes. Uh, the main girl, she is actually his ex-girlfriend and she's dating one of the other guys now. He was also involved with, Uh, the team of scientists so it's kind of like this big jealousy thing and uh, kind of honestly it's uh, sort of like what you're gonna get with the 2020 version where uh, this guy is a little bit comes off as a bit controlling and he thinks he's the best and that's kind of why the girl left him in the first place but he obviously is jealous and wants her back and is jealous of the whole relationship so that kind of plays into his madness but anyway to get into my thoughts of the film um, I dug it I like I said I didn't think I was going to like it for whatever reason. I come to find, I don't really like Kevin Bacon all that much for some reason. He kind of rubs me the wrong way. I think that's one of the reasons I didn't want to watch it. And it's from the year 2000, which the early 2000s, late 90s, those movies are very hit or miss, especially with their effects. But I find the effects in the movie weren't that bad. They were actually pretty solid and interesting to watch. Like when you have uh, Kevin Bacon, of course, I forget his freaking name in the movie already, but uh, he's... um, you know, kind of turning invisible, and then even when he's turning non-invisible or they're trying to get him back to normal, you get these images of his veins and his bones, and it's obviously pretty fake-looking, but it's really cool to watch at the same time. Um, Not necessarily scary or anything, but it's just interesting. And then when they're injecting the serum into him, you see his veins light up and go into his heart, and uh, it's kind of, you know, uh, makes me a little bit queasy feeling because just needles and veins and stuff like that freaks me out. So the way they did that, I thought was actually pretty well done. Maybe a little bit dated, but uh, yeah, definitely, not definitely too bad. dated. But mm-hmm. um, it's still like a cool concept. You can see like why it was neat at the time. Yeah, for sure. Um, and gee, when it, when they put this like mask thing over him, it it makes him way creepier. Um, because they cut out the eye holes and the mouth hole and, you know, you see why they call it the hollow man. He looks like 
a hollowed out man and uh, it's just super creepy because obviously his eye holes you don't actually see his eyeballs it's just invisibleness and uh i thought that was very creepy um the movie at first is playing out more like a thriller and it feels a little bit lighthearted, but it quickly actually turns pretty dark with uh what he is going around and doing and i was actually kind of shocked by some of the stuff that you get um that's what I said in my review when I reviewed it on 22 shots. Like, cause I had seen this when it came out and mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I can't believe the stuff that they were doing in this film. I was like, this, for a main, cause this was a mainstream wide release. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you, you didn't want, you watched the original cut, but there is a director's cut where that stuff's even expanded upon. Like the stuff I'm talking about is obviously the rape scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's think, what really shocked me. Yeah. They actually even make that more, graphic in the director's cut as well as i don't know there's i don't know if the scene i I didn't remember the scene before but the one girl who's like sleeping in the chair like he pulls her shirt down and like is like fondling her boobs and stuff like that is that in that version yes uh he unbuttons her shirt he pulls one he slips one titty out and he you just see the effect of um something this is a good effect yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I don't know if there's more to that, but he just squeezes it, qu- squeezes it, and then she wakes up, and that's yeah. I think it. Like ga- it I think but... the scene goes on a little bit longer in the director's cut because I remember it feeling like, wow, this guy's like straight molesting this girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so but you did like it then. I did. Um, one thing, uh, the final act. I uh, this is an interesting thing about the movie. I did not realize this is what scary movie two is parodying. Oh yeah. So that kind of like ruined that entire (laughs) final, the entire final act is essentially what scary movie two is all about. Um, I never realized that. Um, I, I was actually, I never even thought about that in scary movie two, how I'd never seen whatever movie it was where they have, you know, the, uh, goggles where you can see, the invisible people or the ghost or whatever and they have like those guns and the walkie talkies and all that i never and you know of course the room where it's like super cold i never thought in scary movie 2 like oh i never i wonder what this movie is i've never seen it it never crossed my mind but watching this now there's a scene that's like a direct just there there's like two scenes that are directly parodied in that movie so that kind of made it a little screwy for me and um Whole final act, I kind of kind of lost a little bit of steam for me. I wasn't as into it as I was with the whole build up of him kind of going insane and sneaking around. I will say, but yeah, I agree. The the like mm-hmm. setup to this film and the you know middle part is definitely the strongest. It kind of turns into like a standard affair by the end. Yeah, yeah, but overall, I dug it. Um, I give this one. I give it a 7.5 out of 10. I wasn't an 8, but since I didn't love the how it all kind of wraps up, um, I give it a 7.5. And, you know, the effects, of course, are a little bit dated, but I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, I think I gave it an 8.5 the last time I watched it, which was less than a year ago. Um, all right, so let's move into our featured review. This is the brand-new 2020 uh, Universal take slash Blumhouse on... The Invisible Man films, and that is The Invisible Man, 2020, uh, directed by Lee Winnell, um, who you might know from last year's Upgrade, which I still have yet to see, um, which annoys me because everybody told me how good it was. It just, it's not, it wasn't a horror film, so I wasn't, you know, um, too focused on that. Um, but of course, Lee Winnell, 
um, you is most known uh, for the Saw franchise. So he um, worked on the Saw franchise as both a writer and an actor. He plays Adam in the first Saw, mm-hmm. which is so cool to think, you know. Yeah. Um, and then he uh, also uh, wrote Saw 2, 3, I think. I think he might have wrote 4. I think he wrote a couple of the Saw films. Or at least he... Um, uh, yeah, I think he wrote uh, 1, 2, and 3. Um, and then he co-wrote Dead Silence with James Wan. Um, he produced most of the Saw films. Uh, he uh, acted in Insidious as well as a writer on Insidious. Um, he wrote Insidious 2, as well as an actor on Insidious 2. Uh, he wrote Cooties, and he wrote, um, he acted in that as well. Um, the Mule, he uh, wrote. Insidious Chapter 3 was his directorial debut, um, and that's pretty cool, because uh, that was uh, a nice little passing of the torch. Great first film, you know, finish up a, a, a trilogy, uh, for your boy Juan, who you got your start with. Um, and then you could tell by the time he got to Upgrade, he was, um, you know, finding his own, you know, in 2018. And then uh, he actually, um, this was his third feature. So um, really, really, really cool. You know what I mean? He, he seems like he's taking off. This was definitely his biggest film to date. Um, it did well at the box office. Um, it reinvigorated a tired and dead concept, uh, both with the Invisible Man and the um, Universal Monsters franchise, because they tried um, many times to reboot the franchise in 1999 with The Mummy, uh, and then they tried um, again um, with the one of the, the I forget what Frankenstein one of the Frankenstein movies or something they tried to reboot it and then they did again with um, Dracula that horrible Dracula film with Tom Cruise <laughs> um, which was just a slog to get through and that was supposed to be the start of the dark universe which was bullcrap because it was more of like an action film um, but this takes it back to its roots with this horrific subject matter. So uh, we will remain spoiler free. But uh, what is the synopsis of this film? All right. Well, when Cecilia's abusive ex takes his own life and leaves her his fortune, she suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidence turn coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia works to prove that she is being hunted by someone Nobody can see. So, yes. Yeah, so the film opens up with this Cecilia. By the way, excellent, excellent casting. This girl is pretty, but not like a knockout. You know what I mean? She feels very, um, could be any woman. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, She seems a little weathered. Uh, She is, I mean, in in what I think is a a fantastic scene, she's in this like almost mansion, um, you know, uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful home, which adds contrast to like her distraught look. Because you know, if you if you're around all this beautiful, you know, architecture and, and house, like why would you be so wanting to get away from it? And it's it's because of her abusive boyfriend or fiance, uh, and it's her sneaking out of the house. 
Um, and then, you know, she escapes the house and is in a sort of almost like a rehabilitation for, um, battered women type, type thing. We don't, we don't really get a huge backstory on how, like how she got involved with this or whatever, but her sister basically pulls her out of this place. She goes and lives with, uh, I get, he's a police officer, um, mm-hmm. and his daughter, uh, I assume, did they, did they say like how he's connected to her? Or is he just supposed to be like this, this, you know, um, good Samaritan like type of, um, you know, battered women helper type guy. No, they never really say. I was like assuming he was an old friend of hers or something like that. But maybe, um, maybe he was. Maybe he had mm-hmm. more of a connection like that. But um, and there she is, uh, totally agoraphobic. She's scared. She's frightened. She's timid. All the characteristics of somebody who's been in a relationship filled with abuse. I mean, I couldn't be more happy with how they portrayed this because. It is a complete metaphor for, um, you know, people not because I mean, dude, it's actually really incredible um, how he tied these two worlds together. Like the Invisible Man, um, traditional horror films, you know, there's a killer after me. Uh, yeah, sure. There's a killer after you. There's a killer in my dreams. Sure. Yeah. There's a killer in your dreams. Nobody believes you. Well, it's, you know, kind of like with uh, the whole uh, abuse and um you know both physical sexual the, i don't think there's a whole lot of sexual stuff going on in this but the the actual domestic violence aspect is there and the whole you know um not being believed thing is very much uh the type of issues that women deal with when um coming out and coming forward with um any type of uh you know traumatic issues such as domestic violence and um you know sexual assault so i think that that couples perfect with this type of film because how can you believe someone's invisible type thing it's it's actually quite amazing and honestly like the more that i thought about this film the more i realized how clever that was and so you know uh basically she believes that her boyfriend um who was you know uh, it works, you know, in the film and you just accept it. But apparently he was like this revolutionary tech guy, like, um, you know, I- inventor slash, uh, you know, scientist, uh, who was working on, you know, stuff like this. Um, and I mean, when you like, I mean, we know as an audience, what's going to happen here. Like, okay, obviously this guy probably isn't dead or at least somebody's invisible and, and messing with this woman it's called the invisible man but it's like you figure that it's gonna take baby steps like most films like this do and maybe like at first like the chair moves or like almost like a haunted doll film or you know haunted house film or something like Mm -hmm. little things but it goes pretty pretty fast right away there's a brilliant scene in which she uh is pulling her blanket or something across the floor and it just gets stuck and like you just see a footprint like standing on it and like i'm like holy crap they're not messing around and there are so many good scenes like that in this film um there is a scene in the attic that i will not spoil but i'll tell you that that was like a holy f type moment for me Mm -hmm. um and then there's a scene in a restaurant that also is a holy f type moment for me Um, so I think that this movie is pretty genius. I think that it is scary, um, both on a actual like horror level and a real life horror. Like I genuinely felt stressed and uncomfortable and sad and paranoid and wanted this woman to get away from this. And, and, um, it, it, it has that feeling of like 
the film Unsane, where, you know, this woman's, like, being held against her will or something like that. Like, because that even sort of happens in this film, like, the non-belief type stuff and, like, this you know, stuck in a situation that you, like, as an audience, you, you don't really have a solution for her, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's really no way to figure out how to get out of this situation. Like, you just want people, I, anytime, like, you ever, like, do something that you know you didn't do, but you're being blamed for it, and it's like, you don't know how to prove that you didn't do it, that's, like, the same feeling I get when I'm watching this movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, um... I know I'm talking a lot, so go ahead. <laughs> No, uh, no, I agree. I mean, I expected this movie was going to be pretty good, but it exceeded those expectations, and it was actually amazing. I was blown away by it. Um, just everything you said, it's just geniusly done uh, with kind of having double meanings going on throughout it, and it actually is a scary movie as well. I mean, there haven't been a lot of movies lately that have genuinely been scary, creepy, whatever to me. And this one had a few moments that made me jump. Um, it had a few moments where like my mouth kind of dropped and you're just not expecting it to happen. It just, those sort of abrupt moments that you don't see coming. It does them super well. Um, main girl is just fantastic. Uh, great actress, uh, great, perfect look to her. Uh, like you said, she, um, She's not ugly or anything like that, but she, you know, she just looks so beaten up. Like, you know, her hair looks greasy. She looks, she's not wearing makeup. She just looks like the type of person that you would expect who's been through a rough time. Um, you know, just all the side characters are great too. Like the guy she's living with and, uh, the daughter, they're very likable and, um, just, uh, the whole concept with the invisibility, um, the way they kind of, uh, explain it at the end I think obviously invisibility is impossible so no matter how you explain it it's kind of like eh but I think they actually did um, a good way of going about it it's not the same as you know what you get in the original Invisible Man or even Hollow Man it's a different concept and I think it's probably the most in a way believable way of explaining that so um, I think even that was done well um, a lot of violence and blood in this movie as well that uh, is just uh super good super tense the whole movie's very tense and you feel bad for this girl a lot of times i get annoyed with movies where people aren't believing a character i get that way with Candyman. actually that's a great example mm-hmm. of a movie where no one believes the girl of what's going on and then she's kind of being portrayed as crazy and stuff like that but uh you know just the payoff and the way this movie all plays out um it doesn't do that too much in your face where you're super duper frustrated i mean you are frustrated but the payoff you get with the film is just uh fantastic very satisfying very um just all around great movie great from start to finish shot really well um to the whole house the whole opening sequence uh with the ocean and the house is uh great so um yeah i could not be happier with this movie i thought it was just uh, a near perfect film yeah, I, I loved it, man. I, I I think that this movie is um, a movie that I liked when I first seen it. Mm-hmm. But the more I thought about it and verbalizing how it feel, I could tell you right now from talking about it on this show, I've came up on my rating. Um, because I just think that it's um, I just love what they did. I, I haven't seen a film that handles a uh, horror film that handles d- domestic violence. Um, in such a powerful way, because I really, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways I had from this film is 
um, the domestic violence angle. Like this, this, this woman is truly afraid of this guy and you see it in her, you see the fear and it's, it's scary. Um, you know, if you've ever seen or witnessed like domestic violence, you know, it, it sticks with you. And, um, I think that it does haunt you for a long time. Like I've never dealt with it personally. Like I've never, um, all, all the girls I've, I've never been beat up by girls. I've just beat all them up. So, you know, I never had to deal with it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I make differ, but you know, I, you know, with, uh, without going into too much details, like I have seen it in other ways, um, mm. growing up. So, you know, it's, it's kind of haunts you a little bit. You, yeah, yeah, you definitely hold on to that. And I think if you're the victim even more so, um, so yeah, I, I kind of loved it, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there's a lot of movies that have done, uh, dealt with domestic violence in the past, but they're usually thrillers or like lifetime movies or the best example one is that movie enough with of course uh, j-lo and it's that's one i grew up watching and really liked but again they're usually thrillers you don't really see a lot of horror movies that tackle this in such a brilliant way to uh, such a realistic way because um you know even the guy her husband is um he looks just like a regular normal dude but it's very very believable that he you can see it in his eyes that he could be a very controlling person and the fact that he's obviously rich and scientist or brilliant guy um he's the type of person who wants to have control over everything in his life including women and just you know his brother and family and people around him as well so um i think it's all tackled very believably for the most part so appreciate it for that because sometimes you know movies don't always capture that that well all right. So uh, with that said, let's jump into ratings here. I'm coming in with a strong nine out of ten. Yes. And I second that nine out of ten. Yeah. This, for Invisible Man. This is this is a film that um, I would be surprised if it didn't hold on to a list spot for the end of the year. Um, as you and I know, um, we were kind of, buddy, we were in dump month. We were in dump month. I'm not going to lie. And you know what they say? It is dump month. Yeah. But you know what they say now? It's not, it's not dump, dump month. month. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, I, I, you know, and this came out at the last day of dump month. So, I mean, um, which is funny because it, it like, you know, it still got stuck in there, but it succeeded. Uh, I think that, you know, this is definitely the best movie I've seen of the year. The Lodge also, you know, brought, brought me some joy, but, um, I feel like, I feel like exiting dump month now, I feel, I'm feeling good. Like, I, I feel like we're going to start seeing the good stuff now. So, mm-hmm. uh, with that said, that kind of wraps up this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Again, check out the YouTube channel, if you will. Like, comment, and subscribe. Share this episode. And again, what is your favorite Universal Monster film and why for this week's Question of the Week? Um, next week, we will be covering a film that isn't out yet and it won't be out then. But we'll give you the early scoop on it. Uh, it's a film that has been getting some, uh, you know, good reviews out there I've seen, uh, and it's called M.O.M., Mothers of Monsters, and apparently this film, I didn't look into it too much, but it has to do 
with a mother who finds out that her son may be planning some sort of school shooting or something like that. Uh, so it sounds very interesting, um, very controversial. Uh, I've always thought that there's room to um, tackle that topic in film, so that's pretty exciting for me. I've seen a few films that kind of ta- tackle it with like bullying and stuff like that. Um, but I will say this, uh, that is a film that I believe it'll come out the, it might come out the week the episode posts, but, um, I know that our episode will be out before the movie's out, but you know, we'll still remain spoiler free. Uh, and then after that, we will be tackling the hunt, um, which is a, uh, film that was actually banned or not banned, but pulled from release after a shooting happened and it's finally coming out and the marketing has been really good on it. Uh, and then what, what, what is, what are we doing after that? Oh, um, is it a quiet place too? A quiet, a quiet place too. And then what is after that? Cause I, we have the next four episodes mapped out. Holy moly. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I swear. Um, Nobody. It looks like you had the, invi- the a quiet place. Oh, okay. Last. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> the uh, mothers of monsters, the hunt, and quiet place too. Those will be our next three episodes. So I, I hope you guys are checking these out in the theaters with us, so that you can listen to the show. Um, and yeah. So anything else from you? Nope. I am good. All right, we will see you guys next time on another episode. Later. Peace.